Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The U.S. Market Update with Money FM 89.3. Good morning, folks. Let's take a look at how markets wrapped up overnight. And we've got the S&P 500 kicking off August on a lower footing. And this comes as investors navigate a raft of corporate earnings reports and also a bunch of economic data. So the broad index down slightly by 0.3% to finish at 4,577. The Nasdaq Composite also slightly lower, down 0.4% to 12,000 or 14,284. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average managing to squeeze out a small gain of 0.2% or 70 points to settle at 35,630. And let's check in now with Catherine Rooney-Vera. She is the Chief Market Strategist at Stonex Group. Catherine, thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Let's take a look at the latest session. So we had a pretty good July looking at the latest session. Is this a sign of things running out of momentum, profit-taking perhaps? Yes, and I also I think it has to do with the market having taking a breather after from the, a tech propelled mm. um, bull market. Tech is up um, specifically the triple Qs up almost forty five percent year to date. So it may be somewhat of a breather, and the market realizing that earnings really do have to keep pace with multiple expansion in the sentiment driven rally. Yeah, talking about a triple Q um, that. Index is up more than 22% in the past six months. So it's been running pretty hot. So let's talk about what's been playing out in the past few months. And in the first six months, at least, we've been seeing NASDAQ, the big tech boys, uh, they've been on a bit of a rally. What do you make of the rally so far? Is this a time to rotate away from the tech sector and go to other underperforming sectors? Yeah, I, I do think so. And and in fact, when you look at, at tech and the triple Qs, for example, since December 31st of last year, they're actually up about 45%. So that's a massive year-to-date rally. And what I'm telling our clients and what I published in my research report, the first one yet for StoneX, I started three months ago, uh, is that it's time to play the laggards because inflation is going to surprise dovishly, positively. Um, and I think that's going to happen for the next couple of months. That said, it doesn't mean that everything is smooth sailing. So I do think we have a couple months more of upside. Um, and in that case, you want to be in the laggard trade. So the sectors that have not performed as well as tech. Um, so those are industrials and materials and banks. And effectively, that has been the correct trade. Um, going into 2024, however, I do see additional risks because it's very difficult to get inflation to the 2% target when it's driven by services in uh, an economy that's 90% based on services. So when you have consumer confidence so robust, you have a near record low unemployment rate, mm. service sector inflation is unlikely to come down. All right, we'll unpack some of these points in the coming moments. Um, but let's dive first into the headline that's really um, standing out. We've got Fitch ratings downgrading the U.S. from triple A to double A. And this has been a ranking that Fitch has given the U.S. since 1994. And in the wake of what we've been seeing around the standoffs on the debt ceiling and, of course, the recent episode around U.S. regional banks. Uh, what do you make of the latest downgrade? How should investors be reading to this? Well, since um, over the past year, the U.S. interest payments as a percent of GDP have uh, almost doubled 
Um, so that's a major issue. I don't think we should largely attribute this to um, the debt ceiling debacle because remember we we go through that at least once a year, sometimes more. So I think that should not be the main factor attributed to this downgrade, but rather the incessant and profligate fiscal spending. And I think that Fitch actually cited that as their principal reason, the the fiscal looseness. So what has been happening, we're now at above a 5% fiscal deficit to GDP. Mm. We have not retraced to the full extent all of the stimulus from COVID. There's still a lot of stimulus still floating in the system. And in the meantime, we have interest expense skyrocketing, absolutely skyrocketing. So the costliness of servicing the U.S. debt, given the the increase in yields on Treasury paper, makes it more expensive to pay for, while at the same time, um, we have to service a massive fiscal deficit with additional debt issuance. So there's a supply issue. There's also a demand issue. And I'm concerned on two fronts, from the Chinese demand issue to the import of the the Japanese changing of the yield curve control because that could take wind out of the sails in terms of demand from treasuries and and repatriate back to Japan. I think there's a lot of risks on the horizon. Yeah, plenty of problems to look out for. And interestingly, you point out China. That's a big one to watch out for. And one of the earnings that stood out overnight was Caterpillar. Uh, This is Caterpillar confirming the China slowdown pretty much, saying that sales of its key machines used on construction sites in China were worse than the company forecast about three months ago. And you point out industrials as one of the areas to kind of look at more closely. So what do you make of these factors coming together? You've got a bit of a China slowdown. And of course, everyone's been trying to wait for that reopening bounce of of sorts. Yes, and you're right. Um, The idea with the industrials is simply as a momentum-driven tactical trade as one of the laggards in terms of the 11 S&P sectors year-to-date. It has been driven primarily by tech, and not just tech, but specifically seven seven names. We have Apple coming out tomorrow, and, and I'll tell you what, I think that the, the best trade that we can do right now, the very best one, given the low volatility levels on the tech sector, is to buy puts. The tech sector is up, as I said, 45% year-to-date, mm. and put options, given volatility as low as they are, are exceedingly cheap. You can protect your technology position without selling it for uh, $3.50 for a three-month 10% downside protection. I think that's attractive. All right. Put options for protection looking attractive. And the other thing that we've been watching very closely is all that talk about recession. We haven't had one yet. I think you've flagged it at some point as well that we might get one and the Fed might need to break something on its way to reaching 2% inflation. So what are odds right now that we might get something broken? That's a great question. I think the Fed is going to face a tough decision next year and that's going to be whether or not it's inflexible with its 2% inflation target, um, in which case they will need to break the back of consumer spending to get service sector inflation, which is the predominant driver of core PCE, um, down towards that 2% target. So they're going to have to choose either the 2% target or economic activity. So uh, the 2% target means they will have to slow further. They'll have to increase rates more. They'll have to put the unemployment rate not lower but higher. And that could be recessionary. Alternatively, they could choose to support economic growth, which is not part of their dual mandate. Mm. Um, but what they could do with that is they could decide to change the inflation target or accept a higher inflation target without changing it 
and choose to cut rates before achieving said target. There's inherent risk in both of them. I think the market is getting ahead of itself with regard to the ability of the Fed to nail the soft landing, because I do believe that with unemployment near record lows and wage gains being positive, real wage gains being positive, it will be inordinately difficult to get the service component of inflation consistent with the 2% target. So tough choices for the Fed ahead. Yeah, it does sound like they've got a fork in the road to reach soon, some hard choices to make. Uh, looking at some of the things that will be coming out, they'll be coming out in the next few days. Uh, Catherine, what are you looking out for when we'll be getting the jobs data, non-farm payrolls on Friday? Tonight, we've got ADP, private role, private jobs data. And of course, this is on the back of ISM uh, manufacturing the PMIs at 46.4, so quite a weak number. The ninth straight month of contraction, demand looking quite weak. How is this going to play out in the jobs market? Right. Excellent point. Today, we also got um, jobs openings, which declined. The job openings descended to 9.58 million rather than the expected 9.6 million. Um, we'll see ADP, which is released tomorrow. And then after that, we'll get, we'll get non-farm payrolls. Unlike what everyone else is looking at, what I care most about in this week's number is non-farm productivity and unit labor costs because they have been negative. Um, the, the productivity has been weak and labor costs have been rising. That's a mm. horrible combination. Um, so if we get a flip there, I'll be more positive. There's two things, Ryan, that I'm looking at is the productivity versus labor costs and also real wages. Real wages flipped positive. If they can remain sustainably positive, and rising, then that's a very good indication that we can nail a soft landing. Same thing with productivity. If productivity flips positive and we get a deceleration in labor costs, that's a fantastic uh, combination. Um, so that's what I'm looking at mostly, most closely this week. Yeah, that is also perhaps a reason why we are still seeing jobs being created because productivity is weak. So it's something to we'll be watching out for in the coming days for some data right. coming out. All right, we've been chatting with Catherine Rooney-Vera. She's the Chief Market Strategist at Stonex Group. Catherine, it's been great chatting with you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your time. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.